Hi, this is Rob Reynolds, and you're listening to Education and Technology Futures, a weekly podcast that highlights interesting trends and connections in the worlds of education, technology, and culture. Chapter 1. Five Big Problems to Solve in Education I've noticed that, particularly at the beginning of a new year, we humans think a lot about how to feel better and look better. And that positive thinking certainly isn't limited to our personal resolutions. In the coming months, for example, we'll hear plenty of rosy prognostications about the U.S. economy. Corporate leaders will crow about their Q1 performance, and tech companies will continue rolling out gadgets and solutions that promise to transform our lives. Politicians focused on the 2020 elections will tell us how strong and affluent our country is, or soon will be. Education leaders at every level will tout institutional improvements and educational advancements. To be sure, it will all sound so good that we'll be tempted to believe the hype and rest content that we're on the cusp of finally becoming a truly great and equal society. Unfortunately, there are some other realities lying beneath the surface, things we don't like to talk about problems that can't and won't be solved by our hype or wishful thinking. Problems like the 43 million adult Americans who are carrying a combined student loan debt totaling more than $1.5 trillion. And that's a number that isn't likely to get any smaller since the cost of college tuition has risen more than 188% in the past 20 years, a growth rate surpassed only by the cost of hospital services. And those costs are a real and often insurmountable barrier to the millions of people in the U.S. who either want or need additional education to improve their professional and personal futures. Such as the 90 million adults in the U.S. who only have a high school degree or less. Or the 18% of our public school students who still reside in rural areas where there are often fewer resources and where it's harder to recruit teachers. Or the approximately 40 million people in the U.S who are living in poverty, or the 2.3 million prisoners in U.S. correctional centers, or the other 4.5 million adults on parole and probation. Not to mention the fact that over the coming decade, automation in the workplace will disrupt job categories, skills, and wages, and the less educated workers are the most likely to be displaced. These are some of the really big realities facing our society and no amount of positive spin or hype technology will make them go away. They are the big issues that we have to solve. And to do that, we must all be willing to get real, starting this year. We need to come together with big and innovative ideas, with a commitment to making the American dream a reality for everyone. Chapter 2. A Decade of Education Evolution or Revolution? Plus ça change, plus c'est la même chose. And, as another saying goes, please pardon my French. But if you're like me, you do find yourself looking up now and then and asking, with all the changes, what has really changed? I was reminded of this again last month when I saw that Randy Seuss, the creator of the software for the first online public bulletin board, had died. 
Along with Ward Christensen, Seuss built the computer bulletin board system in 1978 to give users a central place to share ideas, post notices, and otherwise coordinate without meeting in person. His innovation led to impactful bulletin board communities like The Well, which eventually gave way to online service providers like CompuServe, Prodigy, and AOL, which gave way to the internet, World Wide Web, and today's social media platforms. Plenty of evolution over the decades, but on the other hand, how much have things really changed? Or consider this year's Consumer Electronics Show. Companies are rolling out smarter homes, smarter TVs, smarter showers, smarter clothes, smarter assistants, smarter robots, smarter cars, smarter glasses, and smarter workouts. I mean, I like a good 292-inch 8K Infinity TV screen as much as anyone, but are bigger, stronger, and faster TVs really the technology revolution we've all been waiting for? Like I said, it's awfully easy to find yourself looking up now and again and asking, with all the changes, what has really changed? What's really new in all the new stuff? This repetitive evolution that, at times, doesn't really seem to go anywhere makes me think of Audrey Waters' decade-ending post on the 100 worst ed-tech debacles of the decade. Not surprisingly, for those of us who worked our way through the 90s and 2000s, many of the failures on her list have a certain repetitive familiarity to them. New school models, new learning technologies, new learning theories, new shortcuts to student retention and success all of which makes me wonder what kind of decade the 20s will be. Will this be a time for real revolution or simply more inconsequential evolution? My hope is that it'll be a time when we can all come together as a community to deliver the kind of revolutionary, bold ideas needed to address the big challenges facing us as a society. Chapter 3 Equitable access to college is a moonshot worth making. Well, it seems we may have to find a substitute for the word moonshot, the term commonly used to describe any bold initiative that seems beyond our current reach. That's because, according to President and COO Glenn Shotwell, SpaceX has definite plans to land their starship on the moon before 2022. After that, they plan on ferrying humans there by 2024. By 2050, the company hopes to have one million people on Mars. Mars, you say? I guess when reaching the moon or Mars becomes common, we'll have to look for the next frontier. A mine shot, perhaps? Maybe not as tangible or concrete as landing on the moon or Mars, but recent work in brain-human interfaces could usher in entirely new and unexpected realities. Consider the progress researchers have reported in helping paralyzed patients communicate with the outside world. In a recent experiment using electrodes implanted in a part of the brain associated with motion, a volunteer paralyzed from the neck down imagined moving his arm to write each letter of the alphabet. That brain activity, in turn, helped train a computer model to interpret the volunteer's commands, tracing the intended trajectory of his imagined pen tip to create letters. The upshot is that the computer could read out the volunteer's imagined sentences with roughly 95% accuracy 
at a speed of about 66 characters per minute. Pretty cool, right? But whether we're talking about moonshots, Mars shots, or mind shots, such endeavors always make a certain number of people ask, what's the point? That was the exact question I asked when I read the College Board's recent report on benefits of higher education for individuals and society. According to the report, college graduates who enrolled at age 18 and earned a degree in four years can expect to earn enough relative to a high school graduate by age 33 to make up for paying tuition and other costs and for being out of the workforce while in college. Equally important, getting a college degree means greater employment stability and a reduced risk of becoming unemployed. While the benefits of obtaining a college degree are undeniable, for too many Americans, these benefits are still inaccessible. That's because significant barriers remain for young adults who want to attend college, especially those from low-income backgrounds. According to a recent report from the Institute for Higher Education Policy, critical gaps in affordability exist even at public flagship institutions for all but the wealthiest students. The barriers are even more daunting for the 70 million adults in the U.S. who have attained only a high school degree. And they're particularly insurmountable for the 2.3 million adults incarcerated in state and federal prisons. All of which leads me to ask, if higher education isn't accessible to everyone in the U.S., regardless of their race, background, or current socioeconomic status, what's the point? To my way of thinking, the most important thing we can undertake in the next decade is making college-level education affordable and easily accessible for everyone in the U.S. That seems to be a moonshot that really, really matters, and one that's really worth making.